be in Genesis 43. Um, God changed my message this afternoon, so if the title looks different than the bulletin, that's the reason why. Uh, but uh, uh, years ago, I had a friend uh, who was a pastor, and he was sharing with me about his former experience in a former church that he pastored, and um, he said that there were, there were a lot of problems, a lot of stress, and, and he began to have panic attacks. And he said it became so severe in his life, it was just debilitating. He had to actually take a leave of absence from his church uh, for a number of months. Uh, but God called him back um, to serve as a pastor, even though he was struggling in the way that he was struggling. You know, sometimes God calls us to do difficult things. Um, and the, the scripture we're going to look at today is, is one of those examples. Um, we need to do those difficult things when God calls us to do them, though, because if he's calling us to do it, he knows there's a reason that it needs to be done. And uh, he has perfect wisdom and sees the end from the beginning. Uh, in this scripture... Um, they have they've they've gone to to Egypt and Joseph said you're not going to see my face again unless you bring Benjamin with you. And uh, Reuben has tried to convince his dad you know hey you can kill my sons I, I don't think Jacob would want to kill his grandsons anyway but you can kill my my sons if I don't bring you back well, no my son will not go down with you. Uh, so time has passed and they have slowly been eating through the food they brought from Egypt. Now it's come to critical time. Uh, what are they going to do? The food is running out. And so Jacob kind of, not, he doesn't say like he did before, why are you looking at each other? Go do something about this. Uh, he's, he's a little bit more gentle because he knows he's been resisting them. And he says, look, he says, could y'all go down and buy a little food? And so Judah says, well, uh, yeah, uh, if, if you're sending Benjamin with us, we'll go down. But if you're not sending Benjamin with us, we won't go down. Because the man said that we can't see his face unless Benjamin is with us. And, and, and the case was that there's a very good chance if they didn't bring Benjamin back, all of this was a test. And of course, they didn't know this, but all of this was a test. They had done the same thing to Joseph. They had sold their brother for money and let him go down to Egypt to be a slave. Now, Joseph has kept one of their brothers and put their monies back in the sack. Let's see what they will do. Will they keep the money and leave the brother? Or will they bring the, mother, the money back and bring the brother back, uh, Benjamin, and, uh, so that I can release Simeon to them? So he's, Joseph is, is, is tested. Uh, but he's told them, you will not see my face unless you bring your brother Benjamin with you. Joseph's got a plan. He wants to bring to fulfillment what he has seen in his childhood dreams. But the brothers don't know this. Jacob doesn't know this. Jacob doesn't know that God is at work in these circumstances that he's facing. Uh, and so he's terrified. Uh, his life was devastated when he found out about Joseph. And, and uh, he has been grieving for years. And Benjamin is his favorite son. I'm just not an encouragement to have favorite children. I think you all treat all your children the same. Uh, but... Uh, in this case, this is the reality of it, and he is terrified. He didn't send him before because he, he realized, hey, 
I sent my son Joseph, and something really bad happened to him. And by the way, while we were traveling, something bad happened to his mama too. I've got Benjamin, and he's all I've got left, and I am not sending him anywhere. And so he's terrified. He's scared. He's fearful. Uh, he has been hurt in the past, and he's afraid he'll be hurt the same way in the future. And Judah steps up, and he says, look, we've got to face some reality here. We're running out of food. And the man said he won't see us unless we take Benjamin. We're going to have to make a hard decision. And, and, and Jacob begins to accuse him and, and the rest of the brothers. Well, why are you doing all this to me? Why did you tell him you have a brother in the first place? Why would you do such a thing? And, you know, well, you know, he, he asked us. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? We didn't know he was going to say bring him down here. And so, um, so uh, they're kind of working their way through this. And Judah persists. And he says, look. Send the boy with me. I'll take care of him. Send him with me. You don't worry about it. If I don't bring him back, I'll bear the guilt before you the rest of my life. Uh, send him with me. I'll take care of him. Let's go down, get the food, so that we may live and not die. You, <laughs> we, and our little ones. You know, hey, Jacob, in case you didn't know, you're not going to do too well without food either. Our little ones aren't going to do too well. And so Judah is appealing to Jacob, and he is patiently dealing with him. And, and why? Judah knows what it's like. He understands this fear. Judah has lost two sons himself. So he's dealing with him very gently, but he's dealing with him firmly, and he's moving him to do the uncomfortable thing in his life. Finally, Jacob acquiesces to him and agrees to, to, to send Benjamin with them. And the beginning of God's deliverance is taking place. Sometimes God calls us. And Judah, by the way, Judah becomes here a picture of Jesus Christ. When I was originally going to preach this message, I was going to, I was going to focus on wisely facing our fears and some steps to do that. Um, but uh, the more I looked at this, the more I realized this is how God deals with us. How Judah dealt with Jacob is how God deals with us. Um, and I think there's a pattern you can see in Scripture uh, of God's dealing with his people in this way. So Judah becomes a picture, again, of Jesus Christ here. Uh, so we need to follow Christ's leadership, even when it's hard, because he always has a good purpose, and he always knows what's best. So the title of my message is Answering Christ's Difficult Call. Answering Christ's Difficult Call. And look with me at verse 1 of, of Genesis 43. Now the famine in the land was severe. When they had used up the grain they had brought back from Egypt, their father said to them, go back and buy us a little food. But Judah said to him, the man specifically warned us, you will not see me again unless your brother's with you. If you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy food for you. But if you will not send him, we will not go. For the man said to us, you will not see me again unless your brother is with you. Why have you caused me so much trouble, Israel asked. Why did you, not, why did you tell the man you had another brother? They answered, the man kept 
asking us about us and our family. Is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? And we answered him accordingly. How could we know that he would say, bring your brother here? But Judah said to his father Israel, send the boy with me. We will be on our way so that we may live and not die. Neither we nor you nor our dependents. I will be responsible for him, and you can hold me personally accountable. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, I will be guilty before you forever. If we had not delayed, we could have come back twice by now. Then their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Put some of the best products of the land in your packs and take them down to the man as a gift. A little balsam, a little honey, uh, aromatic gum and resin, pistachios and almonds. Uh, Take twice as much silver with you and return the silver that was returned to you in the top of your bag. Perhaps it was a mistake. Take your brother also and go back at once to the man. May God Almighty cause the man to be merciful to you so that he will release your other brother and Benjamin to you. As for me, if I'm deprived of my sons, then I am deprived. So answering Christ's difficult call. Why should we answer it in faith? Well, we need to answer it in faith due to Jesus' perfect timing. Jesus' perfect timing. Now, Judah waits, okay? Judah waits for the right time to gently confront his dad. When Reuben was talking to him, it was not the right time. Jacob says, my son will not go down. I mean, I, I imagine him stomping, maybe hitting the, the table where he, he was. My son will not go down with you. It was not the right time. Judah waits for exactly the right time to address the issue. And, and when the food is running out, that's, that's a good time to deal with the issue. And so, uh, but Christ waits for the perfect timing to deal with his servants and to have them do the difficult thing he's calling them to do. Um, Jacob's being asked to send his son. Moses was asked to go down to Egypt to deliver God's people. Forty years. He'd been in the wilderness tending sheep. Uh, he had bad memories of Egypt. Guess what? He was run out of Egypt. They were trying to kill him last time he, he left Egypt because he had murdered the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. He, he thinks back. He thinks, well, that's, that's my failure. That's where I was before, and I don't want to go back. I, I don't want to deal with this. But uh, God is calling him, and he calls him at the perfect time. His heart is humble. He has been 40 years in the backside of the desert, and God has prepared his character so that he will listen and walk in faith rather than being self-sufficient like he was before. Uh, God comes to him and gives him the task at just the right time. Jesus meets Paul on the road to Damascus. Paul's going to persecute some Christians and he speaks into his life there on the Damascus road. And Saul, also called Paul, is changed forever by his encounter with Jesus Christ. And Jesus sets him on a new path at just the right time. And it's a good thing he wasn't in Jerusalem when that first happened because God had to prepare him and do some work in his life. And he probably wouldn't have been around too long to uh, see that purpose realized had he been in Jerusalem. But at just the right time, God intervenes in his life and sets him on a different path and charts a different course for his life. God has a perfect timing in our lives. He knows when we're ready and when we're not. 
your kids, when you're raising your kids, you know, okay, they're ready for this privilege, but they're not ready for this privilege. Uh, the other day, uh, Alyssa sent us a little video. Uh, they, had, they had filled the sink full of uh, water with bubbles and put toys in there, and the boys, uh, my grandsons, were, you know, they were p- playing with the toys and splashing in the water and having a good old time, and all of a sudden, Liam just lunges, and he goes into the water. And Alyssa's filming. She screams. David reaches in there, pulls him out, and he starts laughing. So, uh, you know, it's, but they knew, based on that experience, that he was not ready to be left by the sink on his own, right? And few years, I'm sure that that will be perfectly fine, but uh, right now, he's not ready. So parents do that with kids, and God knows exactly where we are. He knows exactly what we're ready to handle, or in some cases, what we're not ready to handle, but what we're ready to trust him with so that he can handle it through us. Uh, And at just the right time, he will move in our life and call us to do that specific thing he wants us to do, and in some cases, a difficult thing. Um, David had a, a specific time uh, in his life where he's a teenage boy. He's going to the battlefield to take food to his brothers. They, they didn't even consider him eligible to, to fight. He, he's going to, hey, just leave David back to play with the sheep. He's, you know, uh, he's, he's not ready. But he comes down, and and all of the Israelite soldiers are quaking with fear. But David is a man after God's own heart, and he has a great faith. And God, even though his family didn't recognize it, God recognizes he's ready uh, to fulfill this task. And he says, who is this vile Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, he goes, and he gets five smooth stones. I'm told that that's because Goliath had four brothers. Anyway, uh, all he needed was one stone, because once he killed Goliath, God took care of the rest, and they all fled in fear. Uh, David walks out there. It must have been an incredible sight to see this teenager, no armor, with a slingshot. Goliath starts having some fun with him. <laughs> Did you bring your slingshot because you're, you're dealing with a dog or a, an animal? Uh, uh, you know, hey, uh, don't you have any armor? Don't you have a sword? Don't you have a shield? Come on, give me an actual challenge here. Uh, you know, that's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing there, but that's, that's the gist of it. And uh, David says, well, God's going to help me kill you. And, and he takes it, whoosh, and it hits him right there in the forehead and sinks down deep into his forehead and he drops dead. Nobody else thought he was ready, but God knew he was ready and at just the right time, God called him to do the difficult thing. So we need to answer God's leadership in faith because Jesus always has perfect timing. Uh, Secondly, answering Christ's difficult call, why should we do that? Answer it in faith due to his perfect timing and also to his uncomfortable truth. Jesus' uncomfortable truth. Verse 5, Judah brings up what what, uh, Jacob does not want to hear. 
He says, the man said, you will not see me again unless your brother's with you. And then he repeats it. <clears throat> Jesus sometimes will bring an uncomfortable truth into our life and let us stew on it. In some cases, it may be a conviction for sin or something like that. But in this case, it is something God wants Jacob to do. There's only one course of action he can take. And the uncomfortable truth is he's got to send Benjamin. Doesn't want to send Benjamin. He's afraid to send Benjamin. Uh, he is anxious about it. He is distressed and distraught about it. He doesn't want to believe this. He doesn't want to consider this. But this is what God's asking him to do. Sometimes Jesus has an uncomfortable truth that he wants us to consider so that we can follow his leadership in doing a hard thing. Uh, there's been a few times I've, I've had to, to confront people who are in sin. I don't like doing that. Uh, I, I tend to be more, they said, you're, you know, if you're uh, in counseling, you're either the encourager or you're the confronter, usually. You know, one of those things comes easy to you. Well, for me, it's the encouragement part that comes easy. The conf confrontation, I don't like. But God laid it upon my heart to do so. Um, and, and so sometimes there may be a confrontation that we need to have in our family. Maybe there's sin in the family. Or maybe there's a hard decision that needs to be made and nobody wants to make it. Have you ever been there? And people are just kind of kicking the can down the road and but something needs to be done. Um, sometimes there's an uncomfortable decision that will take us out of our comfort zone. When God called me to preach, that was such a decision. <laughs> I did. I did. It had always said I would never be a preacher. And then God began to kind of crack open my heart. I was having some experience, you know, in, 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 uh, in my service as a youth minister that God was using, I think, to prepare me. And at just the right time, <laughs> he, he came and called me. But uh, it definitely was something that I wasn't comfortable with. God said, this is what I want you to do. And I, and I said, well, Lord, if this is you, would you confirm it to me? And, you know, kinda, that's, that's where I was. I was struggling with it. I didn't really want to go there. But I told God, I said, if this is your will, I don't want to be outside of your will. So help me to be in the center of your will. And, and I, I surrendered to the Lord there. And he, he, he did some things in my life to, to confirm that. And he made it very clear to me that that's what he wanted me to do. Um, but sometimes there's an uncomfortable truth. I, I, I remember when my, when my uh, kids were, were uh, getting to that age where David, I think Megan was about to be married and about to graduate college, and David, David was getting ready to go in the military, and, and all these changes were happening, and, uh, you know, I was dealing with the uncomfortable truth. I've got to let them go. God has a plan for them, and, and uh, you know, daddy's, daddy's got to trust God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so, um, you know, it, it, there can be, it can be in different areas of our life. But uh, in Jacob's case, this uncomfortable truth was, I've got to send Benjamin. I, even though I'm uncomfortable with it, 
sometimes it might be witnessing to someone or maybe confronting someone who's lost. I don't usually uh, focus a whole lot on confrontation when I talk to people about Jesus, but there have been a couple of cases. One case where God uh, impressed upon my heart I needed to confront a man uh, about a specific sin in his life, and I didn't want to do it. I argued with God for it for several days and finally finally agreed to do it. Uh, then uh, another case, I, uh, I sensed that God was leading me to talk to this man who I'd, I'd spoken to about four times before about Christ, but I needed to tell, tell him about hell. And so I, I gave him the full dose. I, I told him about how dark it was and about how the man was, was uh, in such agony he just wanted a, a, drip, a drip of water on his tongue because he was in such torment in the flame. I told him about the fire and the worm that does not die, the fire that's not quenched, about the agony and the regret and all of these things that, that happen in hell. Uh, that's not usually the way I do things, but I sense that God was calling me, and I was a little uncomfortable doing that. Uh, but God used that in that man's life. And, and, and what I've discovered is if God calls you to do something uncomfortable, pray over it, but trust him. Because he always knows what he's doing. Uh, and he has a reason and a plan. So, um, answering Christ's difficult call. Why should you do it? Well, answer it in faith due to Jesus' perfect timing. Jesus' uncomfortable truths. Thirdly, Jesus' patient listening. You can trust him to listen to you patiently. I love this. Um, he, he lashes out at him. Uh, he says, why have you caused me so much trouble? This is verse 6. Why did you tell the man you had another brother? This is your fault. Right? And Judah's response to this, I think part of the reason Judah responds this way, he knows exactly where he's going for it. Judah has been there. Remember, he was afraid to give his third son, <laughs> go back and read the, read the scripture uh, right after they sell uh, Joseph into slavery, and uh, two of his sons were killed by God because they were wicked. Both of them happened to marry the same lady because they had this law of leveret marriage, and and uh, his third son was supposed to marry her, but he thought, you know, hey, I had two sons, I lost. I don't think I want to go down that road. And so he 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 changes. He he tells her, well, when he grows up, he, he's not old enough yet. When he grows up, you know, we'll make it happen. But he's lying to her, and you know the story. And but, but so he understands these same emotions that Jacob is having. He's had, so he perfectly knows where Jacob's coming from. So Jacob's yelling, you know, probably yelling and pointing fingers and and blaming them for something that wasn't their fault. It occurred to me there have been times I've done that to God. Now, sometimes I've not been that direct. Sometimes it's been more implicit than explicit. You know, Lord, uh, why would you allow something like this in my life? You know, kind of like, Lord, is your judgment failing here? Or, you know, and you're, you're questioning God. Or there have been, uh, there was one season I can think of where I was angry with God. And I can remember having some sessions where I was doing this kind of thing. Angry with God for what 
he was doing, which actually was for my good, but at the time I didn't realize it. And I lashed out at God. But you know God's able to handle all that stuff. It, 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 he's able, um, and he's so patient with us. And I love the fact, Judah, I think here, becomes a picture of Jesus because Jesus is patient. You remember Moses? Remember uh, Moses says, I c- 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 can't t- 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 talk. And God's, you know, God's patient with him. Lord, uh, okay, uh, send somebody else, please. You know, <laughs> this is what Moses is saying. And uh, so finally God says, okay, if you're worried about your talking, you can use Aaron, you know, or your brother Aaron, he can talk well, you know. And, but God is patient with him. Moses is struggling with this decision. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do this. But to be a spokesman for God, and I can't even talk right. I don't want to go there. But this is what God was calling him to do. And so he's wrestling with it, and God is so patient with us. Um, if, if you doubt it, read the Gospels. See how patient Jesus was with his disciples. How many times did he tell them, I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise? I mean, over and over and over again. They never got it until after. Uh, they struggled with faith, and uh, Jesus at one point said, "How long am I going to be with you guys?" You know, uh, the, the translation: "Are you guys never going to get this together?" You know, that's this kind of idea. Praise God that He puts those things in the Gospels because, listen, I've been one of those disciples before. Have you ever felt like, Lord, I, you know, I just keep, I, I don't trust you the way I should, Lord, I, I keep failing, I, Lord. Aren't you glad he's patient with us? So, uh, Jacob lashes out, and Judah understands his pain. And guess what? Our Lord Jesus understands our pain. He understands our struggle. Um, One scripture says he knows that we are dust. He knows knows our our frailty. He knows our, our weakness. And he loves us in spite of it. And uh, so uh, that is such a comforting truth to me. Uh, So you ought to answer Christ's leadership in faith. Why? Because he cares about you. He's patient with you. And he's with you in this. He understands what you're going through. So uh, answer Christ's difficult call. Why should you do it in, in faith? Do it because of Jesus Perfect timing. Jesus' uncomfortable truth. Jesus' patient listening. Fourthly, Jesus' kind assurance. Verse 8, Judah said to his father Israel, send the boy with me. What is Judah doing? Judah understands where Jacob's coming from, and he says, he says trust me. I'll take care of him. Send him with me. And Jacob reluctantly agrees to do so because he recognizes what's going on. But, you know, Jesus gives us kind assurance when we're struggling. I mentioned my kids leaving home a few years ago. And 
I was concerned and, uh, you know, uh, I kind of kept those concerns to myself, you know. It's a normal thing parents do. But uh, I remember praying to God about it, and I had a dream one night, and I felt like God was just assuring me, I've got them. I'm going to take care of them. I'll go with them where they go. Basically, chill out, okay? <laughs> you chill out. You rest. You trust me. And this was kind of, I, I thought of that when I, uh, send the lad with me, send the boy with me. Uh, I, I thought of that very thing when I was reading this scripture and the, the assurance of Christ to our lives. Um, think of Paul, you know, he's, he's going through uh, this upheaval and uh, God speaks to him and says, look, you stay here. I've got many people here in the city. You stay here. You trust me. I got this. I'm with you. Um, I love Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. You see... Jesus gives us assurance. There have been times he's given me assurance in his word. He's given assurance through his spirit. Um, and, and God is so personal. He's so, so ready to, to help us uh, and get us to the place where we're ready to answer the difficult call that he's placed before us. Um, finally, uh, Answering Christ's difficult call, we should answer it in faith due to Jesus' perfect timing, Jesus' uncomfortable truth, Jesus' patient listening, Jesus' kind assurance, and Jesus' clear understanding. Jesus' clear understanding. Sometimes we don't want to see things. Have you ever been there? There's a truth, there's this pesky truth, and you just really don't want to see it, right? I mean, it's, you don't want to go there, and so you kind of ignore it. And, and, and uh, I thank God that he is not subject to our fears and our, and our issues that we have sometimes. Um, Judah illustrates this in verse 8. He says, send the boy with me. We, we will be on our way so that we may live and not die. This is a life and death issue. Neither we, by the way, that would include... Benjamin, neither we nor you nor our dependents. And he, he, literally the Hebrew word for dependents there is little tykes. Okay, it's kind of that, it has that idea to it. Um, even the little ones are going to be affected by this. And Judah has a clear understanding of what's at stake in this decision. Same thing happens with Moses. Right? God tells Moses the cry of my people. They've been groaning under their slavery. They're, they're having a terrible time, Moses. There's a real issue. There's a critical issue here that needs to be addressed. I need you to go. And Moses is reluctant to go, but the issue is urgent. Um, 
oftentimes we don't know all the details of a situation. Here in this case, Judah didn't know. I mean, he did under, have a clear understanding of what the stakes were. But he didn't know what was happening with Joseph. He didn't know what God was up to, that God was going to bring them down to the land of Egypt. He was going to protect the whole nation there uh, for uh, a significant period of time, 400 years. Um, he had no idea of this, but God did. Sometimes when God calls us to make a difficult decision or take a difficult path, he is doing so because he knows his master plan. And oftentimes God doesn't get, we, what we would like is the whole road map. Heard uh, Henry Blackaby talk about this years ago. We want the whole road map. But God usually gives us the turn here. <laughs> turn here. He gives it to us one step at a time, and that's the walk of faith, right? But God sees the big picture. He, he sees the, the master plan that he has when oftentimes all we can see is the difficult decision that lies before us. But when... Christ puts his finger on something in our life or something that he wants us to do, we need to listen because he sees everything. And he has a clear understanding of what is at stake. How many lives would be changed? Uh, a lot of times I've, I've often wondered, we, we talk about uh, some of the great evangelists like Billy Graham. Uh, I understand Billy Graham was won to faith by Billy Sunday, who was won to faith by Mordecai Ham. Uh, and I forget who the guy was before Mordecai Ham. But I'm just speculating here, but could there have been a Sunday school teacher who told her kids about the gospel and a little child gave his life to Christ who then won Mordecai Ham? to faith in Jesus years later. You see, we, we just don't, we don't see the big picture. God sees the big picture. That's why we need to listen to him and follow him in all things. So, <clears throat> answering Christ's difficult call. By the way, Jesus gives us an idea that there would be a difficult call, didn't he? When he said, take up your cross daily and follow me. That there would be some difficult things we'd have to do. Uh, God tells us elsewhere in the New Testament, those who live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. Now, we don't suffer the persecution that many suffer in the world today, uh, but we do suffer persecution. There will be people that treat you differently. I, I remember the guy in the military I talked to about Jesus, and the, the next day he sat on the opposite side of the table from me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he avoided me like the plague after that. Uh, so sometimes you will pay a price uh, for doing what God calls you to do. But uh, uh, this, is, this is the path our Savior took, isn't it? The Scripture says he set his face for the cross. Remember Paul? He, he's, he's headed to Jerusalem. And he, he went through a whole lot of persecution. But he has these people uh, coming to him saying, look, um, 
you're going to be bound in Jerusalem. You're going to be persecuted. They're going to deliver you over. You're going to be imprisoned. And, and they expect Paul to turn, turn around and say, well, okay, I'm not going. Paul says, I'm not only willing to be imprisoned, I'm willing to die for the name of Jesus Christ. God had laid it upon his heart to go, and nobody's going to deter him from doing the hard thing in his life. So, you know, at the American church, we've had things easy in a lot of ways compared to our brothers and sisters around the world, but as our country moves further and further away from the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, things are going to get harder for us. And uh, we're going to have to make a choice. Will we answer the difficult call? Will we do the hard thing? Uh, if, if we will, I think God will use us to make an impact. And probably an impact that we won't fully realize till we get to heaven. Um, I, I think one of the greatest things about going to heaven is going to be seeing what God did with those little steps of obedience that we took at different points in our life. Some of which we've probably forgotten. My brother mentioned something to me a, a while back. And, hey, you remember when such and so happened? And, and you know, I said, no. <laughs> he's he's like a computer he remembers everything so don't don't do anything to my brother because he'll remember it uh, but uh, uh, a lot of times we're that way you know we we may talk to somebody about Jesus or we may encourage a Christian brother or sister and we have no clue what God's going to do with it but as we make that choice to follow the Lord Jesus Christ we answer that difficult call that makes a difference Jacob does this incredibly hard thing, um, and he sends Benjamin, and ultimately it is going to result in some of the greatest blessings of his life. Some Christians never experience the greatness of God's blessing because they're unwilling to take a risk for Jesus. Everybody talks about Peter sinking in the water, but guess what? He's the only one that got out of the boat. <laughs> He's the only one who said, Jesus, hey, you call me, I'll come to you. Uh, he may have faltered, he may have failed, but he took, I mean, how many people can say that? I have walked on water. Peter did. Now, he took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink, but, but, but he accomplished things because he was willing to take the risk. Jacob takes the risk. It delivers not only him, it delivers his family. It delivers a nation. If God is going to bring a change in America, God's people are going to have to do the difficult thing. We're going to have to take a stand. We're going to have to, to speak for truth. And when we're questioned about why we believe, we're going to have to stand and be willing to take the heat for it. Be willing, perhaps, one of these days they'll put this preacher in jail. I don't know. Uh, I've studied self-defense just in case. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, we, we don't know what's coming. But, listen, as we do the difficult thing, listen, you can't outgive God. God will reward you and he will bless you. And I think one of the most moving scenes in all the Bible is when Jacob 
and Joseph sees better again. And the scripture says they embrace, and he says, now, now I can go home because I have seen you with my own eyes. And they weep on each other's shoulders for a long time. The healing and the blessing that come would not have been there had Jacob not made the hard decision to obey God in that decision. So <clears throat> take that step. Take that risk. Step out for Christ. Do what he's calling you to do. And see how he'll use you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask, Lord, that when those difficult decisions come and the call upon our life to maybe take a hard path or, or to make a difficult decision, whatever the case may be, Lord, give us the filling of your spirit, the enabling power that we need to make those hard decisions when they come our way in obedience to you. And Lord, let there be lives changed and people impacted for the sake of your kingdom as a result. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking the hard path for us to the cross. And thank you for the fact that we'll be able to exalt your name one day when we get to heaven with you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.